Satpataha the devotees Satpata Sri Shabha or Master of the devotees Translation <clears throat> Sri Uddhava said My dear Lord O Master of the devotees please explain to me the prescribed method of worshipping you in your deity form what are the qualifications of those devotees who worship the deity? On what basis is such worship established? And what is the specific method of worship? Please, kindly respond to repeat. Sri Udava said, My dear Lord, or Master of the devotees, please explain to me the prescribed method of worshiping you in your deity form. What are the qualifications of those devotees who worship the deity? On what basis is such worship established? What is the specific manner of worship? <clears throat> In addition to performing their prescribed duties, devotees of Lord, devotees of the Lord engage in regulated worship of the Lord in his deity form in the temple. Such worship acts powerfully to cleanse the heart of both the lust to enjoy one's material body and the material family attachment that results directly from this lust. To be effective, however, the process of deity worship must be performed in the authorized way. Therefore, whoever now inquires from the Lord about this subject matter, about this subject. Oh my. See, whoever watcher, Kriya Yoga, Samakchaswa, Bhavat Aradhanam Prabhu, Yasma Twam Ye Yata Chanti, Satvata Satvata Shabbat. See, whatever said, my dear Lord, O Master of the devotees, please explain to me the prescribed method of worshipping you in your deity form. What are the qualifications of those devotees, of those devotees? Worship the deity. On what basis is such worship established? And what is the specific method of worship? <clears throat> So this is a good question. We'll find out the Bhagavad, the Bhagavad time. It's not just a monologue. It's a dialogue. Someone is speaking. Someone is listening. Or someone is speaking. And some people are listening. So here. In the 11th canto. This is part of the. Wood of the Gita. In the 11th canto. Mainly we have. In this chapter. Which. You know, gives lucid details about how Krishna is worshipped in his deity form. The qualifications of those who have to embark on this deity service to Krishna. What forms of the Lord are acceptable for worship. And the regulations for worshipping the, the Lord in the form of, of the deity. Why do we have to do it? So in the purport here, you know, Prabhupada uh, mentions in the opening 
uh, in the opening statement, in his opening statement, he mentioned, in addition to performing their prescribed duties. So it's not that the deity worship uh, is a substitute for prescribed duties. It is a supplement or a complement. It makes it a perfect system. It's a support system, so to say. I mean, it's like you may go to the mall, then you buy a very nice dress. Okay, I'm a man, so let's, let, let me talk about the men. <laughs> so you go, to, you go to the mall, and you, buy, you want to buy some nice, you know, a suit. Uh, you're going to go for, to a conference. So, and then you bought some, you know, some packet shirt also, because you need this to be able to, you, know, you need something to match up. But after buying all of these stuffs, you come back home and you have it, you have it washed, you have it laundered, get it ironed. Why do we have to iron it? I mean, I remember I went to, I don't want to mention the country, but you know, I was, I was traveling, so I went to, I went to one country. So they want, they assigned one, uh, two brahmacharis to come to serve me. So, the, <laughs> so I said, uh, my clothes uh, were very rough. So I said that, uh, I mean, the clothes need to be washed. So when they washed it, uh, I allowed them to use their, you know, their discretion. So after washing the clothes, they brought the cloth, and it's so rough. So I said, could, could this be ironed? He said, but his Guru Maharaj doesn't iron his clothes. I said, I'm not your Guru Maharaj. I'm a scholar. I'm a public figure. <laughs> so, the point is that, yes, you, you can wear the clothes. I mean, if you play a place like in India, you can dress any how you like. I, I remember I went to one of the temples in South India. What's the name of that temple uh, near Lokanath Maharaj's place? Okay, yeah, I went to I went to Pandapo one time, and so this uh, devotee was seeing me off uh, to the train station. I mean, he just put on a chada, you know. And then I said, "Hey, Prabhu, why didn't you why didn't you, why didn't you put on a kuta?" He said, "This is India. I mean, you know, people respect us when we even dress like this better." So I said, "So if you understand, if you have some uh, intercultural intelligence." You'll be able to, you know, pave your way through without having to bother yourself so much. So the idea is that, yeah, if you have to iron your clothes, is there any need for it? Is, is that the main basis? It's not the main basis. It's just to support you to appear neat before your audience. What you have to say is not based on, you know, how, how you iron your clothes so nicely. <laughs> At the same time, being so rough, and you have, you know, tongue clothes. I mean, <laughs> I remember when I, was, when, when I was in Africa, if we have to go on hiring, I have to line up all of the devotees and I have to examine one after the other. <laughs> I have to examine their shoes and their dresses. If they're, they're putting on some rough clothes, then, you know, you have to, you have to go and stay in the ashram. <laughs> so, the whole thing about dirty worship is like 
someone who has a nice dress, he has to keep it neat, he, has, uh, he or she has to iron it to prepare for work so that he goes out there. So Prabhupada mentioned in, his, in the opening statement here that in addition, in addition to our devotional involvements or professional obligations, we also have to do deity worship. The deity worship is a support system. And especially a people who are engaged, who are having households, they are very much encouraged to do deity service. Because this deity service helps to purify, purify the individual, purify the, uh, the clouded consciousness. The deity worship helps to purify uh, the dusty mirror of the heart. Proper will refer to the conditioned soul as having a, the, 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 the mirror of the mind. He says, it's dusty. So the mirror of the mind needs to be cleansed. And that cleansing is easily achieved through the deity worship in support of the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Now, the problem is, the, the general problem is that people do deity worship and they neglect to chant Krishna's names. <laughs> yeah. I remember I had a lot of problems with, with some of, the brahmacharis who were in New Jersey when I was when I was in New Jersey, and these are very nice devotees, very paka, you know, uh, pujaris. But then they get so engaged, and uh, at the end of the day, they don't they don't do japa. So, especially during festivals, and even on daily basis, because if on daily basis you have to sleep till seven o'clock or you have to sleep till you know six thirty. And then you just woke up to go to the altar to do your dirty service. Where, where's the time? Where's the Brahma Muta hour that he used for the Japa? So the deity worship, we should not think that, you know, this is the, this is the goal of life. It supports the goal, it supports the, the Yuga Dharma, it supports us in our execution of our prescribed religious activities. So if we fail to forget about or to to understand the difference between a support system and the, make, the main functional, the main operation. There is an operation, operational system, and there is a support system. Now, the deity worship is like a support system. The operational system is our, you know, our, our japa. And once that fails, if the operational system fails... The support system fails too. <laughs> Very easily in the support system. The support system then becomes gala, what do you call? Galagraha. It becomes like a burden. I have to go and do this again today? Oh my God. But if the operational system is very functional, we become, we are very much enthused to have the support system going. We become so motivated to go and get ready for the operational system. We we'll go and purify ourselves by directly. What, a, what, an, what an amazing service, directly serving Krishna in the form of his deity. So Pujaris, they, they, I mean, Pujaris are highly blessed. But, you know, if someone is, if someone is having so much of, someone is born in a very aristocratic family 
or born in a very rich family, say, for, say you're the child of uh, Trump. It's so, it's so easy to miscue things because there's so much of wealth there. And you could also resort to, you know, vicious vengeance for the little thing and, and get yourself into trouble. So similarly, although the devotee is so fortunate, especially the pujaris are so fortunate to directly serve Krishna, uh, the, the, there is that, that challenge of a high probability to think that because we are directly serving Lord Krishna in the form of his deity, there's no need to do anything else. <laughs> there's no, no, need to do, no, no need to do Japa. There's no need to come to program. <laughs> no need to come to Mongarati. Oh, yeah. So, it's very tricky when we are having this amazing opportunity that Prabhupada has. You see, the whole system is set up in such a way that we are engaged all through the day. And so the day to service, I remember a word of Prabhupada's conversation with some devotees. He mentioned how the day to service is, is, full, of, is full of rules, so many rules. And Prabhupada told them, if I tell you all the rules, you will faint. You know? <laughs> There's so many rules. <laughs> so, the rules have to be there. The rules have to be there. What is that good thing? What is that good... Uh, that good track that you have to follow. If even you're going on the express road, if you have to board an airplane, you're going by a, a jet airliner or whatever. There are rules. If even you're shooting a missile, there are rules you have to follow. So the rules are themselves not the end game. Again, the rules help to support us, help to uh, motivate us, help to create a fulcrum where we can really operate very nicely. So we have to take a shower before we go to the altar, put on tilak, clothes have to be fresh. So many, so many, so many details. But then what is the whole idea of these details? Is to, basically we need to be clean when we have to deal with the supreme peer. Krishna is all pure and we are so much full of contaminations. And therefore there should be that external external cleanliness first. External cleanliness has to be there. And so I mean but you know people who people who are not treated as pujaris, if even they are devotees, I mean it's it's so that their lives are completely different, you know. <laughs> I was I was in Mumbai one time at a temple at so I have some brahmacharis, some brahmacharis who, who, who came to, to help me. And then they went to wash my clothes. And, you know, I have, I have Ugra Nishima Shila, so I'm also I'm doing this day to worship every day. So I, I, they, went to wash my, they went to wash my clothes, but then they came to ask me that, man, can we send your clothes to uh, a dry cleaner? So a laundryman. I said, if that laundryman, he is following the standard of devotional uh, values, 
If he goes, if he goes to the toilet, he, 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 he bathes. He doesn't put on you know, contaminated clothes. I, gave it, I, mean, I, I told him all, I, I, I asked him, is he following all of our standards? They said, I don't know. I said, then don't give my clothes to the, I mean, to the London man. Because if the London man is not following our standard, see, I'm a pujari. If, he, if my clothes are touched by somebody, support, purportedly washed, but then the London man, he goes to the toilet, he doesn't take a shower, and then he so-called launder the clothes, clean the clothes, iron them, but they're still contaminated, and so... I'll be committing an offense on using those clothes to go and wash my dish. <laughs> and the boy was, the boy asked me, he was shocked. He was just looking at me. <laughs> I said, if you don't, if you, if you can't, if you don't have the time to wash the clothes, I am trained to take care of myself. I'll wash my clothes. <laughs> so, a bottom line is that we see there's a lot of rigidity in, uh, with the, with the pujaris. But if you read it, uh, the dirty worship book, yeah, it just, the rules are, are so, they're so detailed. And therefore, for one who wants to really achieve uh, that expedited purification, yeah, the rules are necessary. For one, somebody who doesn't really want to be purified so uh, expediently, uh, yes, I mean, Oh, no, the rules are not, they don't apply to you. <laughs> they don't apply to you. But the point is that the purpose of our serving Krishna is to be able to arouse our original love for Krishna. And so the idea of serving the deity is to, support, is to support us in our endeavor to revive our loving relationship with Krishna. Anything short of that becomes something else. And, you know, the the devotees who worship the deities, they are, like I mentioned, they are highly blessed. But each and every devotee has his, his or her own consciousness. Therefore, the same deity worship, two devotees do the same type of service, they get different results. Why? <laughs> yes? Why they get different results? The same service. They do this. Okay, you have to go bear the deities, do the puja, offer boga, and then a person does the same, the same thing. It's supposed to be the same. Materially speaking, you have, to be get, you have to get the same salary. But spiritually speaking, you don't get the same, you don't get the same rewards. So what's the difference? The consciousness. Consciousness of the deity worshiper is what is so intriguing. Because if you're worshiping the deity and how whole, I mean, look at each time, each item you have to offer, there's a mantra you have to chant. <laughs> Why all these detailed rules? One of the basic fundamental factors behind it is, is to be able to enhance our concentration on our object of worship. Because the mind is, I mean, it's not stable, it just wanders here and there. Just a moment. At any little chance you give to the mind, the mind wanders off. And therefore, each item we have to offer to the Lord, we have to be reciting some mantra. At, at, the, at the feet, we have to recite some mantra. At the novel, we have to recite some mantra. Over the body, we have to... I mean, it's so, it's so detailed. But then the whole idea is to help us to 
control our mind in the process of the deity worship. So, our system is not a, just a system of rules and regulations. It is very scientific. There are, there are you know, scientific reasons behind everything that the Vedic literature uh, that is prescribed in the Vedic literature. Even the food we eat, the food we have to offer to the deities. So, what, what a scientific process. <laughs> but if you don't understand the scientific undertones of the process of deity worship, it becomes like a burden. We will not, not feel enthused to go to serve Krishna directly. And if we, are, if we are able to wake up on time, in other words, to wake up on time means we have to go to bed on time. If we are able to wake up on time, or to go to bed on time and wake up on time, to be able to chant before we go to the altar, we see that our motivation, I mean, our enthusiasm when we are there is, is, is so high. At the same time, if we don't regulate our lives and we just wake up from bed, maybe at 7 o'clock or at 6 o'clock, and then we take a shower and then we zoom to the altar to go and do our duty. It becomes a duty, not love. I mean, so, again, it's based on the consciousness. So it's a very wonderful process that helps to expedite our purification, this deity worship. And everyone should be eager to become a Brahman, a Brahmana to be able to do the deity worship. <laughs> but everyone cannot become a Brahmana, you know? That's not possible. Uh, otherwise, I mean, we find in the material world that. Uh, the qualities, the qualities of those who are in a particular ash, or in a particular vana or ashram, they, 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 they tell so much about their characteristics. And so the pujari has, has a particular mindset of just, just thinking, thinking about Krishna, thinking about the deity form of the Lord, thinking about his object of worship. So in other words, the deity worship enhances our Krishna consciousness. And if someone is taking second initiation, the whole idea of receiving second initiation from your spiritual master is to become a brahmana. I mean, to be able to serve Krishna in the form of the deity. And sometimes people think, uh, I did second initiation. But for what? What will you do with it? If you take second initiation, you try to do some, some service in the altar or to support with the altar service because that's the whole idea of the second initiation. It's not, it's not just for, uh, for the sake of having a second initiation. In fact, the rules are such that if you don't even have second initiation, you can't cook for the deities. If you don't have second initiation, if you don't, you can go to the altar to do uh, puja. But taking second initiation does not really necessarily make us a Brahmin. It's initiation is a, a commencement of the process of becoming a Brahmin. So, 
it means that it, the, the, the whole idea of being a Brahmana or being initiated to Brahmana, I mean, it's, it's a lifelong process. Because we can keep increasing our Krishna consciousness as we serve the deities for a whole lifetime. Because there are some pujaris who are very much in love with the deity. But at the same time, some pujaris, they could miscue and abuse the, abuse the opportunity. So the deity worship is an exclusive service that the brahmanas have for Lord Krishna. Anyone can do any, other, any service in his court. But the deity service is exclusively for, <laughs> for, the, for the brahmanas. And we hear of cases, I mean, we hear of stories of, amazing stories of deities. Their reciprocation with the devotees of the Lord. We had in, we, 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 uh, a lot of stories in India. Uh, we, know this, we know the story of the Sakshi Gopa, the witness Gopa. So, and then we also, what's the name of the deity that stole the, the sweet rice for, huh? Yeah, yeah. Krishna uh, uh, Gopinath. So there are so many stories about, good stories about deities. Wonderful stories. Intriguing, motivating stories. So we shouldn't think that, oh, I mean, Krishna is there and we can communicate with him. If we can't communicate with him, uh, that is our limitation. But he does communicate with the devotees. And he does respond to the situation that the devotee creates. I remember the case, I again, I don't want to mention the country. But then, the, you know, one place that one pujari, he went to the altar that morning. He was, he was dressing Radha Samasundra. So he went to the altar, and then he couldn't find Radha Samasundra. Some, some, the other devotees are there. They're, they're doing the service. They're beating deities and dressing the other, the other deities. But when he went into the altar, he couldn't find, he couldn't find the, the deity that he came to do the service. So he was asking the other pujari that. Where is the deity? So the other one, the, uh, his friend told him, that Radha is there. He couldn't, he couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, later they got to find out that he was involved in some sinful activity and so the deity just covered him up. Even, you know, even, although he went to the altar, the deity was there, but he couldn't see him. So reciprocation of the deity with the worshiper, there are so many amazing uh, uh, stories. And all of that is to be able to reinforce our faith in the process of deity worship. Our faith, our commitment in devotional service. <clears throat> so, we do the deity worship in addition to whatever other services we are doing. A professional, a professionals, uh, or devotees doing some activities, some other services. I remember when we joined, <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, uh, I was also doing some deity uh, service, but it was so intense because the president he trained me to come with the deities, bathe them, and all this stuff. In those early early days, so. But it was so intense because then I have to wake up. I have to wake up like 1 o'clock or so to chant my rounds before going to the altar because from 4 o'clock, there is nothing else you can do. 4 o'clock, you go into the altar. You have, to wake the, uh, you have to wake the deities and then, you know, puja. 
You have to bathe them and dress them up and all this stuff. And then you go out. Very quickly, before the Guru Puja, to go and fetch flowers. To go and fetch flowers. When you come back, you do the Guru Puja, you will not be there for class. <laughs> so either you find time to read in the day, or you're in trouble. <laughs> you have to prove yourself. Yes, so it was, but it was so intense. It was a good foundation. Either you're able to swim across the ocean or you sink or you drown. And so when you pass through those type of very challenging situations, uh, it gives you a very strong, uh, strong ground to be able to fog ahead even in, in, in times of challenges. So deity worship is an amazing, it's an amazing service. It's an exceptionally uh, amazing service that Lord Krishna uh, has given to us to help us cleanse the dirty mirror of the mind. And there's some comments, some questions. Okay. Sisi Radhamanan Mohan Kejai, Sisi Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman, Sisi Goranitan Kejai, Shilapalpan Kejai, Shimad Bhagavatan Kejai.